Hello audio listener, please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. Here's another episode and I'd love to welcome to the show today, Jared Love. Thanks for coming on the show, bud. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks I appreciate for coming it. coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. So tell us a bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Um, well, I know. actually just, uh, I was born in the States. You know, my mom's American. My dad's Canadian. Really? I uh, moved here when I was two and I actually just lived down the street for the longest time. And then I moved out to Aldergrove, graduated out there. And then, yeah. Oh, you're a local boy. I'm a local boy, yeah. DW Poppy? No, I went to ACSS. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. That's, my, that's my old hood. Sorry, man, it's just totally gone. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. You're not a local boy. Yeah. I'm not a local boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, lived out in this area and then was doing all sorts of different construction, plumbing, stuff like that, and started going out to raves. Decided I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I like this music thing. So I decided to start DJing. And then at a certain point, it, fairly quickly, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go anywhere if I don't produce music. So I started to try producing music. Awful. I was terrible at it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit my construction job. I'm going to start going to school. I went to school at the Art Institute of Vancouver. Okay. And, and when, when was that, roughly? Sorry. Oh, that was forever ago 2013 okay yeah cool yeah and uh yeah i'd already been djing for a couple of years and uh yeah i went to school for sound engineering did that and then while i was doing that i moved downtown and that's basically cool where i am yeah that's awesome so how did you get into dj and then obviously because you just you know going out to raves with my friends and uh yeah i kind of was like okay well i want to be a dj you yeah, know like everyone yeah. does after uh, their first rave they're like oh I, would, I could do that right? did you used so, to stand at the front and watch them we always did uh left side yeah. left side of the thing because then you can you're close enough to the stage but then you can get out to go grab a beer quickly if you want to you don't have to push through people you know we yeah, we yeah. did it strategically we we're like oh yeah, yeah. man yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so that's it's funny because i actually a couple years ago uh my buddies were at some show and i got off work early and I was like, oh, I'm going to go surprise them. I know the people running the show. So I got a little guest list and snuck in. And I just stood behind them. And I'm like, hey, what are you guys laughing about? And they're like, what are you doing here, right? And I was like, I knew exactly where you guys are going to be. Just left of the stage. Just left of the stage. <laughs> yeah. I used to be That's stuck cool, as man. close as I could get. Wherever I could be, wherever event it was, I would be as close to that front edge as I could. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, back in the day, sometimes you could literally you'd be there peeking over. You could touch the turntable. Mm. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like being at least about 10 feet away from the front. You yeah. know, I don't want to get crammed in. Yeah. I'm six foot eight, so people use me as the homing in beacon. You know? <laughs> oh, There's yeah. that fucking tall guy there. There he is. There, there he is. is. Yeah. <laughs> Head bobbing above the crowd. That's awesome. And then, so talking of raves and events then sort of local ones which were your kind of first you know experiences so or? first i was kind of just into like the normal edm electro that's kind of what everyone trance stuff like that and um i just kind of 
slowly matured more into like deep house underground house you know yeah place you can go and you can dance but you can also just have a conversation with your friends while enjoying the music as well it yeah. doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. we're thrashing tonight you know? yeah yeah so yeah and that's that's kind of how i started just i think my first rave i ever went to is the bloody beat roots oh, the bloody beat yeah. roots yeah okay <laughs> yeah they're they're like electronic but they're also like a live band as well cool right. it's going cool they wear like black spider-man masks it was fun it was a yeah, good time yeah. and that yeah, was kind of what opened everything out up and yeah i just got into it yeah that's cool man which uh rave stood out to you the most or inspired you the most you know to get oh. knee deep in the the whole thing you know like, was there any particular artist like oh, let's the dj see. and tech oh. just all of them i just enjoyed the experience really it was yeah. just like from that that first rave i went to it was kind of just like okay i'm i like this you know everyone's having fun everyone yeah. no like you know when you go to a club and there's like people that are like aggressive and stuff like that i was never like i didn't really like vibe with that yeah kind of like let's go out and drink and listen to top 40 it was like okay this is kind of more it's more my speed i like this everyone's kind of on the same wavelength yeah so and yeah. What, what what year was this then like oh, when you got into it two, 2012 2013 okay, so. around there yeah 11 uh, yeah about 2010 to 2013 right when the olympics were happening here is kind of oh, okay. when we first started yeah all going out we had like a big crew we were like yeah the so boys <laughs> what was the music scene like back there compared to now um what was the type, style of music it's kind of the same because like a lot of the ones we went to were like the blueprint yeah. events and stuff like that and then random little events here and there we dabbled in throwing our own kind of events but it was, yeah it was just ma- mainly at least edm as far as i knew at that yeah. time and mm-hmm. then after a couple of years i went to like just this random little show uh, it was just tech house steep house and i was like whoa i was with my buddy cody and i like looked at him i was like this is this is kind of what i'm into he's like yeah he's like i like this too so right. from there we kind of just went more into the underground and we weren't going to as many raves with our friends they'd invite us out we're like that's not really our style anymore yeah you know what yeah. i mean I, yeah. find, I find the underground's really kicking in yeah. Oh, kicking yeah. in over here now it's really started to come in oh yeah absolutely time, yeah. it's it's getting bigger and especially like since covid and the pandemic like there's a lot of other people that weren't throwing parties before that are throwing parties now which is like when everything does open up it's just gonna make everything bigger, absolutely right? and absolutely. it's gonna make the the scene a lot better how uh, how did it go when you did your parties uh, the first one's not great no not great at all. <laughs> no comment, no comment. <laughs> yeah we've all got to start somewhere oh yeah so, absolutely, yeah, right? that's, absolutely that's, right? that's the thing like yeah. even with like whether you're a dj whether you're an events promoter or anything absolutely. everyone starts somewhere what you may be doing now is not what you're going to be doing in the future and, absolutely yeah. good mindset mate yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's really good so yeah um, you just got to respect the process yeah, yeah. Just, just go and live it and what's going to happen is going to happen yeah so. How many people? Sorry, I no, know you're going just about to ask something. But um, when you did do your own events, was it with a few buddies? Like, was it a group or was it just a couple? Yeah, of it was a, a few buddies. We we went under the name of uh, DDC, the Dirty Disco Cartel. Just Dirty super. Disco <laughs> Cartel. That's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, the the parties didn't do that well, but we had a good time doing yeah, it. Yeah. We don't think we made too much money. But uh, we, point, we had. It's not about money at that absolutely, point. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 we were trying to like 
figure out how how to do it and what we're yeah. doing and like obviously and they had night. me had me as a dj so they're like we don't have to pay an opener dj because yeah i was doing it and uh yeah and where did you do them uh we did one at the red room we did one at the old caprice okay and uh oh i think that's kind of like yeah. we just did the two and then yeah. we we're like mm. Because it, there were so many people doing it, and this was right as I was getting into like more of the underground. My friends were still in that, so they were like, let's book this person. And I was like, I'm not really into that yeah. kind of music anymore. Mm. And yeah. That's cool. That seems cool. Yeah. I mean, the Red Room, which was, where's that? I don't Red know. Red Room is uh, close to Gastown. It's like, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, it's right by the, um, the train station. They're in Gastown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure of the actual street, but Red Room's still around. Still there. They do a lot of bass music shows there. And what's the Caprice like? Is that here still? Is that it gone? It doesn't exist anymore. It's actually Colony Granville. Okay. The, if you've ever been on Granville Street, no, it's the new I've, I've, I've got it. Kind of like a bar restaurant. They have a lot of like games. They have like the old NBA jam on the arcade. Oh, really? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. It's not too bad. That's actually a, a blueprint. Uh, venue run venue yeah as yeah well, cool yeah. which nice. caprice caprice was blueprint as well okay just cool. kind of switched it to more of a restaurant bar yeah. style yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so like blueprint is kind of like the main promoter in vancouver would you say for like electronic music yeah there's yeah. there's a bunch you know it really depends on what style of music but blueprint really kind of just does a lot of everything you know yeah, they yeah. do some underground events they do some mainstream they do those big big shows like contact seasons Fade in the park, stuff like that. Well, Fade so, the park's in Surrey, right? Uh, yeah, that's in Surrey. Yeah. It used Sorry to. It used there, to. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, not a problem. Uh, it used to be out of like the fairgrounds at the P and E. Oh there, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they moved yeah. it out to. I believe. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I believe that's where it was because I think I went to one there, and yeah. then it all switched out to. And Surrey. And and uh, when did you actually get involved with the Blueprint guys? Like, if you so when I moved downtown, I just figured like the easiest way to be able to meet people in the scene and get my name out there is I just started actually working at Caprice. That's actually how we got uh, we were able to throw the party there is because I already worked there. I worked there as a busser gotcha. yeah. and then worked my way up to the the head busser and then uh, bartending and then they moved me over to venue. Uh, to take a management position, so. And this is all after obviously you've made your decision to not be in construction anymore. And go oh and yeah. Chase oh this dream. yeah. This was all Excellent. like yeah. yeah. I was like, obviously, you know what? Like I'm yeah. gonna go work. I'm gonna go do work this. in the bar. Maybe I'm not making as much money, yeah. but it's helping me do my DJing and that, thing. And pretty much it is a part of the stepping stone Absolutely. of your journey, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it made it a lot easier because i was like talking to these people all the time that were throwing the events for mm-hmm. blueprint and stuff like ali sani you know I, I i was talking to him he's like oh you work here and he was like oh i'm also a dj blah blah, blah. and then he's seen me in the scene and then he's offering me gigs and you know and i i built a, a really close rela- relationship with him just because through being yeah. able to talk to people and yeah. work working there and they already mm-hmm. see that i'm a good worker and then sure. they're like oh you're also this person it's networking being yeah. part of the scene absolutely right? oh networking is probably bigger than the actual music portion if you're trying to be a dj is like yeah being able to meet people yeah it is now i think a lot of the time the djs now it's all about your your own promoter your, your own designer your your own absolutely your producer your your the whole package now right? well it's the way i've of, always kind of seen it is like what is the main reason people go out not the music not the drinking it's to 
interact with people and meet with people. So if you're kind of forgetting that as you go out and you're not networking and like meeting new friends, you're not really doing it right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 And it sucks to say, like, I wish it were just about the music, but like it is ultimately about going out and meeting, meeting people. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely, yeah, I would say it's a bit of both. I I love going out and meeting new people. If I'm going out to an event, I'm probably going because there's someone there. I really want to see. Absolutely. Or here. Right. For sure. But as soon as I'm there, yeah, I want to meet new people. And yeah. get out and you don't want to just stand in the corner and no. be like no, yeah, the guy in the chair like who's yeah. that that shadowy character exactly yeah. back the in driver. The, back yeah. in the day again you know I'm 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 an old an old fogey from the rave days in the like early 90s in England yeah yeah you know there'd always be a few of us that you'd be in the group you'd all go to the party together but there'd be the odd people more than a few that you just go off mm-hmm. and you go and make friends Absolutely. Right? And at the end of the party, everyone meets back up and you're like, hey, look, I've just met this people. And, yeah. and you've got four people. Yeah. And they got three people. And there you, you go. Know, and and you now go. there's seven people and, or and, eight and people. It's, you know it's what networking, I mean? yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's part of the party. Well, like a lot right? of the, the Leave Us Lost parties, like at a certain point, I just stopped going with people. I would just show up by myself. Oh, yeah. Because it's like I know so everyone yeah. there. Exactly. You know you're going to bump into someone. And like I, my friends will be there eventually. And then that way I'm like, I could leave whenever I want. I didn't have to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I got to wait for this person to say bye to 70 people. And this person to say bye to 70 people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's like, I'm going to ghost out, you know? Great yeah. party. Thanks for having me. But it's time for me to get out of there. I, I, did, I did a little bit of digging on on your history of like where you've been like yep. on your Instagram and stuff and I see you see um, Adam Port and Rampo like you saw them at a show yeah. was that here in Vancouver yes that was and here was that kind of like some of the inspiration that came in from them guys um, yeah so basically I think the Adam Port and Rampa show we did at Gorgamish with Leave Us Lost or not yeah. Leave Us Lost uh, U Plus One okay and um, oh that was back in the day and um, I'm reeling it back a bit there. Sorry, yeah. But yeah. So for me personally, my style of music that I've gotten into in the last maybe couple of years is a little bit more minimal than that. But I also like all sorts of music because especially if you're playing all these different shows, not all of them are um, the same style. Especially you're opening for somebody, mm-hmm. like minimal may not work for that or whatever. So I get, like to diversify on my personal, like where... I'm DJing, I like to kind of make it specific for that place. Like if I'm playing at Gorgamesh, yeah. dark, you know, dark, keep it going. Yeah. Especially if you're playing the the later slot, I play songs with a little bit more energy, but I bring it down. I slow it down a little bit because it's later at night, you're going to keep people there longer. If you're just pounding boom, out still, pounding they're out, done. you're going you're gonna to start killing the dance floor at a, cer- at a certain time, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Adam Port, Rampa, I, I like their music, the whole kind of music, um, kind of label. I like yeah, those Yeah, the kind guys. of music, is it called? Yeah, yeah I think, it's, I think that sort of music is fucking wicked. Oh yeah, it's, they're, uh, honestly, I think a lot of people making music are just, yeah, oh, yeah. They, they were good back in that time. They're still good now, but back yeah. then they were like the highlight of a lot of that music back in like 2014. Oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, they were they were killing it. They still kind of are killing yeah. it. Yeah, um, but you know. uh, yeah, Adam Port is amazing. Yeah, and I like actually, I I hung out with them for the day after they played before we took them to the airport, and just nice guys. They were just kind of like tourists. They're like, oh, I want to take a picture of this. Like yeah, so awesome. down to earth. Like not yeah. like no egos or anything they were really yeah. just cool i yeah 
because I've, so. I've seen you uh, actually supported a lot of famous people like Huxley, yeah, uh, Koyu. Oh yeah, uh, you know, there's obviously quite a few names that you've obviously supported. Like, yeah. how is it supporting them at them different events? Like, you know, it's good. I actually prefer opening. Cause I get to play a little bit differently. Like my yeah. main gig was always Gorgamish and that was like, you know, I'd always, cause I worked at venue. I would play the later slot cause I, I could work and then get off work and then come play the later slot. And luckily uh, Graham and Amy always were cool with that. And uh, that really helped me out. And, um, but yeah, opening is like different. It's like a fine, fine wine kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, me and Craig were talking yeah. about uh, opening um, just before, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Like with regards to open up a set, how you got to read the well, start the crowd. Yeah, to obviously build up for the next guy. I mean, because you you technically are building up for the main act, right? You've Absolutely, kind of yeah. structure it really well. What it, what I always try to do for an opening set is like you know start chill. People are showing up. People don't want to walk into like boom, boom, boom. No, they want to walk into too. like oh, this is nice. Let's grab a drink. Yeah. Let's sit here for a sec while everyone starts funneling in and then all of a sudden they'll start dancing and you pick it up pick it up and then i try to like bring it bring it to the point of where it's like okay this is going to start rocking and then like maybe the last 10 minutes start bringing it back down mm-hmm. so that the the other dj can go okay he's yeah. like it's dropped down he can just build it right back up from there he doesn't have to do this or like oh i'm killing it too much so he's got to kind of like let everyone know that he's the one that's yeah. on now yeah and i just like Okay, if you just build them up, they're getting ready, ready, drop, like, bring it back down, the tension. You know, give we, them the tension, headliner goes on. We were actually just talking about this uh, before you turned up today, and that was, again, the whole journey of doing a set. Yeah. If you get enough time, you can do those peaks and valleys. Absolutely. You really can. And again, you know, if you, you know, you're doing what you're doing, that when you hand over mm-hmm. exactly what you said, you almost want to just bring it back down that little bit for the next guy. Yeah, it's like you're a, little, a over. little handshake. A little handshake, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're ready for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a DJ who's a buddy and you don't really like him that much and you're messing with him and then you just build it right up and you lose <laughs> yeah. a real yeah. shitty track to mix into at the end and you're like, See there you, you hell, go, bro. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, good luck with that one. See you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have fun. Yeah, um, I'm just sort of going to sidetrack totally away from that, but ish, little ish. But so, so when you started off, what was the first sort of equipment you started on? It's a totally different for thing d- for DJ. Yeah, for DJ. Oh, uh, yeah, they like, were um, Pioneer 850s, the first ones that took the USB, I believe. Yeah, and they were like silver ones, not like they were like the normal size yeah. CDJs, but. Uh, they were fun. They worked. You know, their little screen was very, like, it's archaic technology. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. It looks like an old school calculator with the, the tape on the end. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, started on those. And uh, a buddy and I kind of bought those together, mainly him. But he didn't really have a place to keep them. So they were always kind of in my garage. Perfect. So I'd come home from work. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I would just play and play. And I'd call him, like, hey, you going to come over and, like, practice have a jam? DJing? Yeah. And, he very rarely came over. Oh, I'm too busy. Oh, yeah. Yours and is then, mine. Yeah, and then, yours. you know, my DJ career started going. I started getting local gigs around Langley and, you know, trying to get stuff downtown. And he just kind of didn't pursue it as much. But Yeah. yeah. You still have them? No. <laughs> I think, well, he, he took them back when I moved downtown. I was like, here, like, I don't even know where I'm going to be living yeah. <laughs> when I moved downtown. So take these. And then I 
think he got rid of them. I think he sold them, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and you still have a setup at home now? I you don't. Have? No, you don't. I don't. I have actually a pair of those guys, the little 200s, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't. That's my main camera there. Just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got the 200s at home, but they're not set up. But uh, like I said, I, I worked at Venue and I was there during the day a lot of the time yeah and, so and some of the times like you, you're i'm just waiting for people to deliver things yeah so i would just go on the decks and just kind of awesome. dj and it's kind of to the point of like where it's kind of like riding a bike you know yeah maybe a little bit sloppy if you haven't done it in a while but you don't really forget yeah you know. yeah no i think uh i had the 800s oh I bought, nice. yeah the 800 mark ones oh nice so prophecy yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and i was well, just like well, that was the you funny know. thing. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Good, that was yeah. the funny thing. We were using CDs. We were burning. We were flying through CDs, like burning this, burning this. And then I was like, what's this USB slot for? And I like go and search up on the internet. I'm like, dude, we can just put music on USBs. And everybody's <laughs> like, no, we can't. I was like, yeah, we can. We got to download this little record box program. And he's like, no way. This is he's like <laughs> way better than yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like, I mean, it's, it's mad how it's gone through the, the times because you were carrying cases for your vinyl mm-hmm. and then I was carrying a, sl- a big CD case and now yeah. it's like a DJs stick. have this two USB sticks or one yeah like yeah it's like 6,000 tracks on here man. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I try to do like a, a new USB every year and then like I'll go through my whole last year and I'll just pick songs that I'm re- really yeah. still feeling or I know will work for me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put that as like, hey, this is the old stuff. And yeah. then every time I do like a new set, I, I try to be pretty organized. I'm like, this is the date. This is where I'm playing. And I'll put all my new songs onto that. And that'll be my new playlist. And then if something's not in key, I go back to the old songs to just try to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And so actually that's, you know, almost brings me on to something i was going to ask anyway so when you're planning some of your sets yeah right so you're building your crates mm-hmm. do you plan very much a set or do you play loose where you just kind of like ah wing it here and there i play by the seat of my pants yes, i know mate. there's like i make a playlist yeah. i know there's certain songs that the i really i really want to play yeah. but it's really like you got to read the crowd and reading the crowd is like one of the best yeah skills a dj can have is like because if you play a song you've got your whole set planned out and you play a song and, and they're just drops and then they yeah, hate it yeah you're like oh you're Oof. scrambling scrambling but if you're going and you're like play a song you're like okay they're not really feeling those types of songs with the long breakdowns or they're you yeah. know what i mean and you just they, now you know, you can go don't back play the long, list and then absolutely yeah no so i totally respect that mate because yeah i think that's that is the art of being the DJ, isn't it? That's the I think again, like going back to supporting big artists. I think that's again reading the crowds. You're doing the thing for the big artists, and that's going to get you noticed more. I Absolutely, think, because oh, 100%. the big guys are going to see, hey man, he's set me up pretty good. He hasn't, you know, fucked me over, and yeah, and you, you know, you you fucking plan it out, and that's that's fucking. I respect that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if you're opening for somebody, you know not to put any of their songs in your playlist. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, That'll sure. get you off the stage almost instantly. Yeah, and, they're like, hey, like, it's and again, his song. You, and you don't want to pay, play any of the big the big bangers of the time, even if it's not theirs. You don't want to be in that warm-up set. You don't want to be dropping like the big ones. Yeah. Why would you? Absolutely. That's coming later. Yeah. You know? It's... And, and luckily, like a lot of the events that happen in Vancouver, like, they always throw an after party 
And so sometimes if you're the opener, you get asked to play the after party. So <laughs> why would you? It's like you know, waste save, those then. Yeah, yeah save, save those save later. Your, yeah, save your yeah, hits yeah, for yeah. later. Save the gems for and later. Then, yeah. Like when it comes to like Beatport or wherever you get your music, I try to stick away from the top 100. Just yeah, because like there's 750,000 DJs in Vancouver. The, oh, have that. And they're like, you know, at least some of them are going through that top 100. So oh, like, for my sure. job is to search for new music, show people new music, yes, as well right. as play um, some of the stuff. Some that of they the know. stuff they they yes. know. But like, yes. If, everyone's 100%. playing the top 100 like you know just take a couple hours out of your day search search a little bit deeper it's for something yeah. different yeah that they might not have heard that's about to break again oh, we've yeah. talked about this before that when i again i i'm i've so i started on vinyl yeah didn't even have technics had oh, one yeah. turntable that had a pitch yeah. belt drive the other one didn't it's one of those old turntables with the big horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not quite that old. Not that old, Jared. But you gotta wind it up. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a little uh, Jack Russell sat in front of it. Is oh. that the picture? Oh with the, yeah, with oh, the, the turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Nah, actually, yeah, it was kind of close to that, but not really. But anyway, yeah. So then, belt drives got Technics right. Yeah. Sold those. Kind of moved over here. Didn't buy any more turntables. Got into controllers when controllers first came out. I was yeah. like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Yeah, I just need my MacBook. That's all you need. And I have this little thing, yeah. and I can have all my list of music. So I went through a few of those, and then I was like, "Ah, I bought all my vinyl with me from England, right?" That must so, have been expensive. Ah, well, I paid to move quite a bit of stuff anyway, yeah. so it was all part of the parcel. Perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the main reason I moved it all. But yeah, so I ended up going back to turntables and then i did the digital vinyl mm -hmm. right so you can still use all your with mp3s the Serato, yeah. with the Serato, yeah. yeah but then i started playing the vinyl again and i was just like ah oh, just the sound for me it's like, crisp it's, it's really crisp. crisp it's yeah. crisp and you know i just I, I i think you know i each to their own we've talked about before on a couple of shows right yeah, e each yeah. their own i don't care how you play the music to the crowd yeah right but as long as you play the music to the just, i'm the same i'm I'm the same way as like you like it doesn't matter how you play or no. what you play on as long as you can keep the crowd dancing absolutely and, and read it and, and read the crowd absolutely. and like know when to especially when you're playing at one of the clubs like know when to send people to the bar yeah you know what i mean and yeah, like yeah. oh i'm gonna play i've been rocking it out for 30 minutes straight maybe you just play a little chill song that maybe not everyone's gonna fill. Send them to the bar. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then I, like, I used to be real kind of like almost selfish. I played what I wanted. Yeah. Right. When I first started playing out in our little pubs and clubs, I never played anywhere big. Never did any big shows at all, mate. At all, just did local stuff. But I played what I wanted, and it took me a while to realize, well, that's not really what they want. Yeah. Right. They want a bit of this too. I yeah. can play some of this, just like you said. I can throw in some of this stuff that I've gone and found and sourced. Yeah. That's a bit different that you haven't heard yet, right? But that you, you might do in a bit. Yeah, but you got to, you got to. But I've still got to give you some of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, man. So I see you actually, you've actually been buying a bit of vinyl. You've been, I, I in, have. You've been, been dipping into the oh, vinyl Oh, good boy. Yeah. So, I, like, I've kind of always liked vinyl. I've had, like before electronic music i had some just random obscure vinyls which i kind of still hold on to because i want to i want to get 
a technique for my studio and actually record some of this old, obscure, non-electronic music. And sample it. And sample it. Yeah. Perfect. Build a beat and then actually just, instead of like bringing the sample into Ableton and warping it, just pitch it in time. And I feel like you're going to get so many more or less artifacts and it's just going to be a lot nicer and just, you know, if you can actually just pitch it recording right in time with your beat, then... Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my next little thing for the studio. So, uh, I, and again, I, I don't want to cut you off because I'm just asked that question. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're going to buy a Technics, now yeah. I'm going to really geek out. What model are you going to get? Honestly, I don't know enough oh. about, about them to. Because uh, he got. Probably he, a bit of a vinyl guru, I must well, say. Well, yeah. we, we might have to love a little chat later. I don't want you to buy the Mark 7. Don't buy the Mark 7. Okay, duly yeah, noted. Yeah. Don't, nah. You just sent me a message in two weeks. Don't buy the Mark. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't buy, buy the Mark. Yeah, because Craig, you recently bought the twelve ten Mark twos. The Mark twos, yeah. yeah the Mark twos the are the old, yeah. the old tanks. Nice. Those are yeah, the good ones. They're the best, I think. They are sure, the yeah. best, and you can find them. Use them. We've done a little show on these too, right? Where I was like, wow, you don't really need them, because you don't. You can mix on other turntables, yeah. no problem, if you know what you're doing. But for sound and quality and build and for what Technics have done over the years, for me personally, and I think a lot of people will say it, the Mark II is just, it's the one. It's the tank. That's, that's the it's one It's worth I spending mean. the yeah. money on a used one. Yeah. Right? And again, a Mark Seven. we talked about this, it's like 1300 bucks right now for a Mark Seven. Yeah, brand I think so. For one? For one, yeah. For one, yeah, yeah. 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 It's balling. <laughs> balling out of control that's a lot of money yeah I yeah. mean we're saying that the 3000s right now how much are they yeah 3 grand too or something too much that's isn't why I don't like, know set up I was like yeah isn't yeah. it insane the cost of those things way, way too much oh mate do I you, was do you think there's much difference between the 2000s to the 3000s I've used the 3000s recently this summer and uh if I had some more time with them, I think I would like them more. There is, there was, I accidentally pressed the, I, I can't think, I think it was the pause button or the cue button on the wrong deck because they had it set up like, usually like one, one and three or one and four or yeah. two and four, you know, mm-hmm. separate them. But they had it on like three and four. So I was like, okay. And I accidentally pressed the wrong thing. I had a couple drinks. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, the 3000 saved me. They like, Cause it queued and then it had like a save thing that goes back to right where it was. And I was like, beat loop. It wasn't a beat loop. It was just like, uh, kind of like, cause it queued and it stopped the music. I was like, Oh shit. And then I was like, dude, just looking for buttons. And it was like, go back or something. And it just went boom. And it brought the song straight right back where it was. And I was like, wow. Whoa. I'm like, I like these things. You know, it's like a save point in a video game. You're like, whoo. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That's pretty much the modern day picking up the wrong needle off the wrong turntable. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Where was I? Which I've done quite a lot of times in the past. Oh yeah. You know what? It doesn't matter if you've been doing it for, Two years or twenty years, you're you're gonna mess up. Ah, and that's part of the party. It's it's all in how you handle it. Absolutely. You know, if you're train wrecking and you go oh and just drag the other song out, people are gonna be like what? But if you actually go and fix it, yeah, people are gonna be like, okay, good. You messed up. You knew you messed up. You fixed it, and you didn't just give up on it. Absolutely. That's like one of the biggest things is like if you just go and actually fix it, people will like be more impressed than if you're just like oh for sure yeah yeah you know you see videos online of people that djs you do see like one deck's cut out 
like yeah. for a big artist and they've just brought it back and everyone doesn't really cheer they just go yeah thanks man I, psh, that's, yeah. That, there you go you're er- you earning much. your money today yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad to pay for this ticket now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so going on um, venues in Vancouver then like what venues have you played in Vancouver and which one stood out to you the most uh, so I've played MIA I played Shine which is the old MIA or like was what MIA is now uh, Gorgamish, Red Room, Caprice, Venue, Celebrities, uh, Gorgamish, which is my favorite place to play yeah, in, in the city. We like yeah. Gorgamish. Um, Open Studios, which was another one of my favorite. That's yeah, like been, my yeah. my favorite regular hours place. And then Gorg is my favorite after hours place. And uh, all sorts of random little events. You know, the Waldorf, the Leave Us Lost the Waldorf. Parties. The, the That's a great little lot. place, hey? And, uh, there's just so many that like no actually the only place I feel that I haven't played in Vancouver that I really want to play is the Commodore. I just oh, want yeah. like cuz that's where I went to my first raid, Bloody Beat Roots and I okay, was like, really? you know, yeah. so I was like I feel like that's kind of like my last thing I really want to do. That's a great in venue. In Vancouver too. is play the Commodore. That's a great venue. Yeah. The Commodore? Where is that? So I, it's on it's on Granville. It's like a big old. live events place like I've seen like concerts there i've seen comedians there raves you know they do all sorts of things there and it's actually just like the floor starts when you get enough people and they're all going it bounces and it's just so cool yeah it's a bouncing floor (laughs) yeah so uh, imagine having a few drinks you're like oh yeah it it happens it happens (laughs) is this the floor or me yeah Yeah. i've been craig we've we went to Gorgamish and uh, the sound system there. We, we I think we say every episode. Yeah, we, we have sound, said this every episode. The, the, the sound system is just peaches. That fuck. the honeycomb wall. Yeah. Like oh. not, I walk in first thing I do if I'm playing or if I'm just there is I just go up and touch the the wall. It's amazing. Just, isn't it? Yeah. Such a nice sound. It's so, so clean. nice. They got so it clean, clean and like right. I just like it there. You know, you know if you're going to play there, people are just there for the music. I literally, I've been in there yeah. once. Yeah, but it was great. It's it's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I've really liked Gorgamish, and uh, I've never been to MIA. I've never been to celebrities, but I find celebrities in MIA more of a I don't know them, but accommodate more of a bass house EDM kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, and, you know, right? that that comes with the whole like table service kind of thing. Yeah, and, and, and again, right? playing to the crowd. You're that playing to the in. crowd. You're playing right? to the crowd yeah. that you. So got. every once in a while, they do like some really cool, or they did do some really cool shows there i'm not sure what it's yeah i've kind of been since covid i've kind of been out of the scene like i'm just like eh, you know what yeah i'm more of a sit at my desk kind of guy right now <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, yeah no celebrities is good found with it's a little bit uh rattly sometimes with because there's some of the things that are like plastic like vinyl yeah yeah walls, really. and it so rattles the, a little with, bit with but it's it sounds yeah. good in there it's nice yeah um I personally liked venue. I know I worked there, so I'm kind of like biased. biased. But <laughs> they had the Meyer line array there. And like working there, I got to see some cool bands. Like I got to work when Goldie was playing. Oh, and cool. like 
That would be it, it, it was it was awesome. It was one of the only shifts I asked to work. I was like, I want to work this one. So he's like, put me in the back where he knew like not a lot of people would be buying drinks and stuff. And I'm just there dancing. And there was a point where Goldie like rewinds and he's like, yo, Vancouver, you know, you're killing it when the DJ or in the bartender in the back's killing it. And everyone like <laughs> looks at me and I'm just like, because I love drum and bass. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I could ever play drum and bass just because. But listening to it for me, I love the. It's just couldn't play it as in wouldn't want to play it. Out with would, people. Wouldn't want to play wanna, it. Wanna, like wanna it's wanna not really it. my yeah. style. But like, yeah. it's I would love to go to any drum and bass show. Yeah, because it's just it's, it's I love the drums. <laughs> it's an exciting yeah. genre. I remember oh, yeah. when it all first kind of came out, and it's and we were actually talking about mixing it earlier, literally yeah. before you turned up. Yeah, we just had a conversation about it's similar to hip hop and breakbeat. Yeah. it's yeah. cutting and chopping oh yeah right which i love to throw like some chops and stuff in into my sets and yeah stuff, you yeah. know when you've got those your songs lined up and they're perfect and they're kind of like locked might as well play with it a little bit you know yeah you you have, uh, sorry to interrupt yeah are you like a, a, a full track I was just gonna kind, is, yeah <laughs> like a full track kind of mixing guy yeah or do you do I, like 130s or do you yeah. i i liked i like to play the whole song out you know what yeah. i mean and like if there's a song that's not really doing it, you know, maybe layer it up. But I like to, you know... Pretty much play the whole track. You know, the two minutes in, two two minutes at the end. Those are where you mix out. And, like, if you're mixing out of your songs quickly, you're really not doing your songs justice. And you might not be picking your songs mm -hmm. properly mm -hmm. if you have to do that. You know what I mean? So maybe as, like, a DJ, that's when you step back and you're like... Because I, I think, like, somebody made that song. You should be... If you're For picking sure. that song to play, you should play out the whole thing because it's telling a story. I think it depends on the genre of the music somewhat. Yeah. Because again, talking back to like drum and bass and hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. That's breakbeat. Oh yeah, yeah. You you know there's 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 only so many elements. Yeah. And you can literally do like we talked about. I think it was DJ rap. Female, yeah, no. uh, female drum and bass DJ from England. She used to say back in the day she was pretty much ready to mix out the next track in like eight to whatever bars. Yeah. Like next, she had it next, down. Next, next, yeah. next, 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 mm -hmm. next, next. Probably wasn't eight bars. I'm probably totally exaggerating that one. But yeah. she was about doing, you know, there's only so much of this and so much of that. Absolutely. But when you come to house and things like that, I'll play like a seven minute track. Yeah, if it's all relevant. Sometimes I'll play an eleven-minute song. Right, those are minutes. those are called bathroom songs. Yeah, right? yeah, that's your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you know, under the sand, yeah, mate. Oh yeah. Well, I'm past the bar and get another beer before you go back. Absolutely, <laughs> you know. And that, but uh, yeah, I like playing some longer songs, especially I like as too. I'm getting more into like that minimal sound. Mm -hmm. It's like because you kind of like you're gonna layer the songs anyway, right? Yeah. So I've had songs I played at Gorg this one time, and I played it. Almost every time I played at Gorg since I found it, I was like, I, I love this song. So I started like, it was a little bit of a longer song. So I started just layering it because I was playing it so often. I was like kind of figured out how to work it. Just bring in bits in every now and again. And well, I would just, I, there was like this one melody that's in it and it's just captivating, at least for me. And, you know, I might just be in my own head there, but yeah. yeah. And I would just start layering another song on it because it was quite beautiful. And so I would like, put another song that's a little bit more aggressive and stuff and so it, like everyone's like oh i know this song and they're like oh you found a new version it's like no actually, no i'm I just, just kind of like, i'm doing that on the fly yeah. you know and i had it looped and i would play another song and then as that song would finish i would 
great thing about Gorg. They have three decks. So you I can, was going to say. You can I, have one looping, play another song, and mix out of that song while still having that little. I was literally yeah. just going to say, if you got the three decks right there, you use that one deck. And again, we were just talking about this. I used to have a few bits that were instrumentals yep. or that, you know, melody kind of thing you know ambience whatever mm-hmm. that i would leave on that third one that you could bring in over so many tracks and keep doing it through a set and make like an ultimate like a overall motif for yes. your entire set yeah yeah just based on that one and you'd have a few of them that yeah. you could do through a set that you would bring back in and out every now and again absolutely that's, that's right that's, that's the dream super <laughs> fun yeah right do, do gorgamish have any vinyl decks there um, I didn't see them when I was there. I they don't them. have them out regularly, but if you ask for them, they will. Yeah, bring oh, okay. them out because I know, like my friend Starla, uh, she runs uh, Sound Trade. That's Starla Jackson. Yep. Yeah, I know. I see her on uh, on oh. Instagram. Oh yeah, I try, I try and follow as many Vancouver DJs, obviously, as, yeah, as yeah. much as I can. Yeah. No, she's she's the best, but uh, she throws a lot of like more minimal shows. That's kind of where I like if I open for one of her events. That's kind of where I play. Mm save more of my minimal stuff for yeah but uh, she always brings vinyls to her her events or like turntables sorry yeah and so yeah it's kind of nice to have them there and i i usually my vinyls are kind of for me so i never bring them out you know i remember i played a back-to-back with jay and he's like bring your vinyls and i was like okay and i didn't play any of them i was like i just lugged these around yeah for no reason so just do a back-to-back session with Craig. I yeah. mean, Craig's got a big wall of vinyl. In, invite my, me out. I'll, I'll, I'll come do a... Yeah, I'll, that'd I'll be I'll bring fun. my vinyls out. We'll just hang out, have a few beers. We could set the cameras up and do a little... Absolutely. A little, <laughs> uh, little jam, yeah. yeah. So kind of backpedaling a little bit onto the way you've played. Yep. I see you played in Hawaii. Yep. And you played for like Cascade, Cascada? Cascadia? Uh, Cascadia. Cascadia. Yeah. That's it. And how is it? Like, how did you get the gig abroad? So this is like in Vancouver now. So, like, how did you so get sort of? a lot of my gigs that are out of town were, were like helped with friends. So like Jay Tripwire, uh, I went and played in New York and he helped me set up a few gigs there. So I opened uh, up for him and Halo Varga at the Panther Room at the old Output okay. in New York. Um, I did like an after party for one of the city fox events that it was kind of his uh his set but he was like i kind of booked this set knowing full well that i'm going to denver (laughs) so he's like slid it to me and then uh the um, the hawaii gig was through uh ben anand he's i think originally from la but he lives in oregon now and he was just getting all people from the West Coast. So like a group from Vancouver, a group from Seattle, a group from Portland, a group from L.A. Cool. And we kind of all just met for this event. And Jay was there for that. And also Mike McSwade from Vancouver. And yeah, we went and just had a good time in Hawaii, played some music, got to meet other people. And that's actually how I got the Cascadia gig is because I met Michael Manahan, who throws those. And he's from Seattle. I think he lives in Portland now. But uh, yeah, and cool. then I just kind of, he's like an, an older guy in the scene, been around forever and uh, great music selection. And we kind of just got along. I feel like I get along better with like the guys older in the scene than I do like the newer, younger guys. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, I like it because I like learning more about where we came from and then I can kind of know where we're going. Right? Yeah, yeah. And no, so, that's, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. How's it, how was the crowd like in Hawaii? Hawaii, it was awesome. Everyone was like, 
there for the music. Was it American tourists, locals, good mix? I, it, everyone kind of brought a group from their city and okay. it, was, it was like a little festival oh cool yeah cool, and cool, we're, cool, it was cool. up on the the small island Kauai. gotcha and we're so up it was on the more top like of a, a group rather than yeah. like an event that yeah, was, was to t- the public yeah oh, and like i think so cool. most of the proceeds of that go to charity nice so, perfect man yeah that's super cool and it was nice that'd be fun they pay for the flight, so I was like, I'll go to Hawaii. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Really? You want me to play some music? Yeah, not a, yeah, ah, not a problem. Anything for you I guys. I don't know. That <laughs> yeah. sounds a bit yeah. shitty. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was good. And then from there, I've just made like the friend, like friends through the scene. Like yeah. I said, you know, you Networking. go out and you make friends and you network. And uh, that's how I like. I also got more gigs in Seattle through meeting people. Uh, where else have I played? Um El Salvador, I got that through a buddy. Uh, cool. uh, Salvador, yeah, Andromo. He's uh, lives here now. He's from El Salvador originally, but uh, that's who I kind of do my Rainforest music with. That's his label. Yeah, so okay. I help him out with that. We do some remixes and originals there, and so he he hooked that up. We gone a couple times. We also did another how, one. So, uh, sorry, how was that out there with the crowd out there? Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Same, because same. they they don't like the breakdowns as much, so you can just play. Hard. nice loopy hard stuff Just you know and then give them a breakdown once in a while and they'll really they're like okay okay <laughs> they'll break down and then boom just back to loopy stuff you know and it was good and then he also we did another time in el salvador where we uh drove to guatemala and played in guatemala he set that <laughs> up and yeah well travel that's, that's yeah. i'm getting cool. there you know yeah. i i appreciate everything i've i've been given so yeah no, that's so cool you know? super cool like with, the, yeah. with the rainforest thing, they did a radio show for rainforest? Did you do a mix or something? I rainforest? did a mix for rainforest music. It's on my SoundCloud. It's yeah. under the mixes playlist. But uh, yeah, freaking, I, I, I like rainforest music. I like Alejandro's his real name, not Andromo. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I produced music with him. And uh, we just kind of... He's kind of got his idea that he wants for the label, and then every once in a while he'll ask me for a remix, or I'll go over and we'll have a few beers, make some dinner, and just work on a new track, or he'll come to my studio, work on a track. Yeah. And cool. So, yeah. But actually, so, as soon as you just brought it up, let's start talking about producing. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, let's look at studio stuff. In yeah. studios, yeah. So, well, I sent you guys yeah. that video yesterday. Yeah, I saw chatting. that little clip, yeah. Yeah, when you sent that video, I was like, it's got some gear in there, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's nice. I just recently actually started renting that studio with, uh, I got two studio partners, uh, Adam Biggs and John Hardy. And so, we kind of go in there. We all take our own turns and and work on music and then yeah. John, John and I work on music a lot together I brought my old tower in from making music because I've switched to a laptop but that thing's got over like 300 unfinished songs in it Wow! so I'm literally just like hey John like here like go yeah. through it and it was like if you like something work on it 300 songs 300? So when did there's, you, there's so when so did you many. start so when did you start on that tower when did those 300 songs 2013. start? 2013. 2013, yeah. like straight up back and then. And like, they're not like, not all of them are like arranged out, but they're like grooves. Yeah. And, and like, I'm really good at writing grooves. Finishing songs is like my arch nemesis. Because mm-hmm. I get so bored of it because I like go over things. I go over things with a fine tooth comb, right? I'm like fixing this, fixing this, fixing this. And then you're like, I hate this song. You know, I've heard it so many times. I yeah. hate it. I want to go on to something new. So it's like I've just 
done that for so many years, I really need to like get down to the actual just finishing songs. If I have a deadline and like I'm doing a remix for somebody or they want an original, like I send them one of my grooves and like, hey, we want this. Give me a deadline. I'll finish it. But if it's just me dabbling around, around, yeah, I can't do it. That was kind of one of the reasons I wanted to get into the studio because I'm paying for the studio. It's no longer at my house, so I'm going there. It's kind of like clocking in at work, clocking yeah. out. I'm doing the work, and yeah. the fact that I'm paying the rent of the studio, I need to be doing work to justify yeah. the fact that I'm spending this extra money. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you said three hundred. I was like. Shit, I've got like ten on my Mac. Oh yeah, I'm finished. But I know what you're saying. When I get to eight percent, I'm like, yeah, I hate the song now. Yeah. But then like, me and Craig have said this and talked about this before. When I, I'll listen back to the one song that I hated three months later, and I'm like, man, this is a fucking banger. But I, I hated it at the time, right? And I think a lot of people suffer from that. Is it producer block? I would most people call it, I guess. Yeah, not it's really mixing and mastering down. Um, yeah. a lot of it. What it is is like. You may not hear it, but some of your elements are just out of key. I've learned this recently with working with John. It's like you go in and it's like, yeah, you may be pressing the the key of A, and it's not coming out as A. And you, so you got to kind of go do some fine tuning. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's why it's so hard to get past some of those points is because you don't know what to write because there's a couple things in your song that are not in key with the rest of your song that are preventing you from being able to write the next thing. Mm -hmm. Because you know, it's like, yeah, I like this element. It's slightly out of key. So when you try to write the new thing, you're like, this sounds out of key, even though I'm playing the right key, right? Yeah, yeah. So you got to like be able to go and actually like make your songs right and like spend the time and do it, which another thing you were saying, you go back to your, uh, your songs is like, that's what I've told people to do. Like when they come and sit down, they're like, oh, I'm having trouble with this. I was like, leave it. Go on to something new. Come back in a month and remix the song. Yeah. yeah. Even if you have to, bounce all the stems out. And then you're. At, it's like somebody has sent you a remix project with the stems. And then that way you're not fiddling with the old synths and doing this. And then it becomes something else. And then all of a sudden it sucks. And then you're like, okay, it doesn't even work. Now you went from having this groove that's nice and banging and you can do something with to going like, I overproduced it or I, I tried too hard where it's like music should be easy. Like it, you mm-hmm. should be able to like at a certain point, you know, like you should be able to like once you get you master whatever DAW you're using, Ableton Logic, Pro Tools, Reason, you know, a ukulele with <laughs> three strings or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I I um, I tell people all the time that uh, music production is kind of like learning the guitar. You know, 20 minutes a day is better than three hours on the weekend. Yeah. Because if you're going three hours on the weekend, you're like, this is all the time I got. You go, go, go make a song. And then you, yeah, you're you going to forget everything you're you gonna just You're going to forget everything learned. you just did. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even if you go and you do 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, and you get, like, you delete it at the end, you're still 20 minutes a day. You're like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And you're mastering your craft. Whereas, yeah. like, three hours there to get to 10,000 hours to master your thing it's gonna be hard to yeah hard to do that yeah and i think as well like you say when you've uh you've got a load of tracks you can and you bounce your stems out the tracks you know you can say well this one track i worked on a kick that will really work with this other track with the lead on this track yeah and you can be like i could take that from that and it's kind of like you've actually bought your own samples from your own tracks and you're like absolutely yeah, let's make a fucking real good track and it might work one day. My studio partner, John, does that all the time because he goes through, he'll just be like, okay, go to a, a next project on my tower and he'll just be like, 
oh, he's like, this little riff right here would sound really good on that other song where I'm like, hey, those are my babies. Like, don't, do, like, you can't do that. that. And he'll go, and then I'm like, you're absolutely right. This is like, yeah. you know, may not be the right sound, but it's the right groove. It's the right rhythm. It's the right yeah. thing. So, like, for me, like, yeah, I love DJing, but production is kind of where I get, you know, yeah. that's that's my thing. I, I really like producing, and to be able to play my own songs out in between like you know like you're saying adam port and rampa to be able to play one of my songs in between an adam port and a rampa song and it goes off just the same that's like great for me that's better than djing a perfect set and everyone's like yeah 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 yeah. so So how did you get into production then like where did it all start what program did you work with like did you learn an instrument i was gonna ask that too what software i've i've dabbled in guitar uh, when I went to music production or school for music production, I, they taught you how to play the piano or at least basic music theory. Um, I'm not the best at guitar, but I can, you know, dabble. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. You know, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> play that. You can sit around yeah. the campfire and yeah. piss everyone off. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. I'd prefer not to. Serenade a lady. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, basically, like I said earlier, um, when I was going to raves, I started DJing and I, I kind of got this thought in my head very quickly that it was like, yeah, I can be a good DJ, but it's like, I'm not really going anywhere unless I learn how to produce music. And so I got a crack of Ableton and I was like, so uh, Ableton is what you, do you still use Ableton? I now? still use Ableton. Yeah. So yeah, I started on Ableton and like I said, I was horrible, like just awful. And so I was like, okay, I think I, I may need to go to school and like learn what sound engineering is and do that. So I went to school and they taught me Logic and Pro Tools there. So basic like Pro Tools like for more like recording bands and stuff. But the Logic kind of transferred back to Ableton. I'm a PC guy. Yeah. I hate almost anything Apple, like with a passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, when I got out of school, obviously Logic is a, an Apple product. So I, I went to Ableton. I had a buddy that I went to school with, I Ivan Sneddon. Uh, I believe his DJ name is Dronus, DJ Dronus. And uh, I gave him kind of like lessons on how to DJ. And he gave me lessons on Ableton. We cool. kind of yeah. traded yeah. That, those skills back and forth. And from there, I just started making music with Ableton. I got back into it. I was like, sweet, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I haven't really looked back. I like Ableton. Ableton's easy, quick. It's PC and Yeah. Yeah. I've but got... like I also like, you know, if you want to use Logic, I'm not gonna tell you not to use Logic because it's like like I said, guitars. Like if you like Fenders and I like Gibson. Yeah, like, it's the same It's same. what gets you your sound and, yeah. and what is comfortable. works best for you yeah, yeah what's comfortable what's comfortable for you yeah, yeah ab- absolutely because again that's what any bit of hardware or any bit of equipment ultimately that's what it is what you like and absolutely what works for you what you like the and, sound and, of and, 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 again, and it right? makes your sound yeah and like you really need to like get that like I'm finally like maybe in the last couple of years finally making music that sounds like the music I play yeah you know what I mean so yeah. I'm getting my sound which is cool which is you know it's not going to stay at that it's always going to evolve and it's always mm-hmm. going to be sure. more because I, I find inspiration everywhere 
when it comes to music you know like yeah. a, a car going by and it's like there's a little beep here and then the car is going by and i was like oh i was like i just got an idea for crazy i like groove or something you know what yeah. i mean so yeah with uh regards to your studio yeah what equipment do you have in there like could you read off the equipment that you, oh, you have in there because i noticed so, in the video sorry to cut you off, yeah oh no i noticed you had a, a moog in there Yes, so the Moog is Beautiful. my studio partner, John. So for me personally, I'm more of an in-the-box kind of guy. I, I've i learned Ableton enough that like I can do most anything with Ableton. Yeah. And then um, I have a Drum Brute Impact that is mine. I have an Ableton Push. Uh, my th- I have two guitars, my amps, a uh, couple microphones. John... On the one side of the studio has lots, like he has the Moog, he has a Odyssey, just so many things with buttons and stuff. And then Adam on the other on the other side has a whole different variety of things, which I have access to, but I don't use it because yeah. I've made it that like this is how I make music and this is the easiest way for me. Like, don't get me wrong, like if they got it all set up and it's running properly, but. I'll I'll jump on it and I'll I'll figure out how to work it, but mm-hmm. it's like the the routing for me. I hate routing stuff, and then it's not. It's like well, this is how it's supposed to be routed, and it's not. I'm not getting any audio, and then it's like you flip the whole desk and you go out for a coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas like Ableton, you know, I can just pump it in and just yeah. go and make it. And so so well, do you do you do you guys kind of like rent the space together yeah the three of us we rent the space together and we we split it three ways the studio and then yeah uh adam just recently had a a kid so he doesn't uh, get into the studio as as much as us so we kind of we kind of call him the ambulance and he's like if he wants the studio he gets it because he's like usually never there john's there almost every day like uh, we have like a um security system in there and like it comes to our we get notifications yeah. on our phone and it'd be like 9 30 in the morning it'd be like john has sent this set the security <laughs> to home and i'm like classic right right on yeah. the dot 9 30 yeah. every day yeah and so. you just you don't plan you don't have like a timetable this is my time this is your we, time. we, we have like a little whatever. group chat yeah that we kind of just like hey like i'm popping like, in is this cool yeah usually just john's always there so it's like we just kind of check in with john and then I work with John a lot, so I kind of just go in when he's there. Yeah, cool. And uh, we've got it set up that, like, we we work together on projects. We have projects we're working on together. We have projects that are for myself solo and yeah. projects that are for him solo. Cool. And, um, you know, I help out on his projects, and he helps out a lot more on my projects. <laughs> but, you <laughs> know, awesome. and, and uh, yeah, we just... We work together to kind of just yeah make make sure we both kind of succeed and are doing. Cool. We recently did. I got asked to do a remix from a label from LA called uh, the Wolfpack or Wolfpack, mm-hmm. and um, so I got John. This was right as I moved into the studio. They asked me to do this, so I was like, "Hey, John, you want to work on this with me?" And then we kind of it'd be a good start to us being studio partners. Yeah, like and, a little yeah, collab so together. That that came out uh, oh, a couple weeks ago, almost a month ago, I think. How did all the remixing come about? Like, when did that start? Remixing other people's music, like you know, it's just did, were, you when, when, appro- were you approached or do you? Appro- yeah, they. I, I I try not to approach anyone for anything where it's like, hey, like whether it's a gig or a remix, or I try not to do that. I just yeah, it's kind of cringy to me to be like, hey, can I have this gig? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like they've already got someone in mind to do that, but uh, 
yeah, it's comes back to just that networking and networking, people like, yeah. hey, we saw that you released this. A lot of it, my stuff has come from me releasing on other labels, whether it's a remix or this. They reach out to me and they go yeah. on SoundCloud heard, heard or whatever. And, yeah, hey, we heard great. this. We'd love for you to do a remix. And then I was like, hey, yeah, let me know. Like, I've got some free time. Cool. They send me, you know, a couple songs that are on the release and I just pick one. And nice. yeah, that's kind of how the remixes all go. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's your future plans and with uh, releases, gigs coming up for the future? Yeah. So right now, John and I kind of have bought a little whiteboard for the studio so we can write down some ideas. I, This is kind of my plan. This is what I want to do. And he liked the idea. Uh, I want to do... Um, an EP together, just the both of us, whether it's John and Jared or we come up with some crazy yeah, alias. Cool name. Yeah, uh, we do that. I want to make sure he gets a, a solo project done. So I'll also help him with that. And then I've got a, a solo project that I want to get done, another EP. So he helps out with that. And we just kind of, we got three projects that we just kind of want to get done. And yeah. we help each other get them done. And it's it's nice you know it's like because it's it's me sitting there making my music him sitting there making his music but then he'll also come in and be like hey this kind of sounds a little out of whack so he'll do yeah. some eqing for me and he'll tighten everything's up and he'll be like this maybe isn't the right sound so i'll go back and fix the sound or i'll say that for him like i'll come in he's like what do you think of this song and i was like i like this i like this i like this but i was like i don't think this is the right sound you know it's like the right rhythm the right melody it's just the sound doesn't fit or the sound sounds like it's from two, 2010. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so we, we help each other out, which is like, I've always liked having somebody in the studio with me, whether or not it's, they know how to make music or not. Cause it's like, you can, I always kind of tell you do the little glance back and they're like that, or they're like looking at you like, what's he doing? And you're like, okay, that doesn't work. You know, it yeah. comes back to like reading the crowd, you know? So I kind of yeah. like having, for an sure. audience i gotta admit i almost used to always like djing with my buddies we used to do it as a group yeah there was five of us we do parties together organize those events but then we'd split up over the weekends and two of us would go and play here together yeah and you'd do back to back with each other maybe three tracks each two tracks each yeah it, it made it fun you bounce off each other it is right? i i i personally like back to backs but there was a point couple of years in my career that it was like i was getting booked every gig to do a back-to-back with somebody yeah and i was like you don't always vibe properly with no the, no it's good again person. again i was going with someone i knew real good absolutely my buddy from my group we knew the same music he actually worked at the record store he was the guy that was getting my vinyl in for me mm -hmm. so when we were doing it we're playing very similar stuff anyway Oh, perfect. And, that, and, and, I find and that we're on the same, exact same level musically and personality, relationship. Yeah. Right? Where you're actually just having fun. Just it's like, having fun. You know, there could be a crowd of however many people, but it's like, if you're having fun, they're yes. going to have fun, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I find that with uh, Derek Vanuck, when I play back-to-back -back with him, we have kind of diverse styles like i'm a little bit more drummy and and loopy whereas he does a little bit more breakdowns but i find when we play together it we kind of balance each other out he gets a little bit more of the emotion i yeah. get a little bit more of the make the dance floor go cool right and it it, yeah. it comes together as a, a good thing but then i've also had back-to-backs with people that 
Yeah. You're like, you look at him, you're like, dude, we're playing for four hours. Yeah. Like, why are you playing what, your what, biggest hits? Yeah, like, what are you doing minutes right 10, now? right? What are you doing? Like, we're like, we yeah. got a while. Like, save those. <laughs> you know, let's build them up. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. You know, which is like, sometimes I find that some DJs in this, this city don't do is like, tell enough of a story yeah you know yeah what I mean? take and, you on the journey yeah take it's you on the journey, journey which is like right. one of my favorite djs if not my favorite dj in vancouver kevin shu amazing dj he doesn't get really good until after two hours mm-hmm. you know what i mean the longer he plays the better he gets yeah, he's like, on that slow road slow and it's just amazing and he'll play songs that you play better than you mm-hmm. and you're like it's the exact same song like how and he's just like that he yeah like for i could sit there and just watch him play for it could be like kevin shu and then me playing at gorg or whatever and i'd just be like well i don't even want to play i just kind of want to listen to him play. <laughs> so i got nothing but respect for kevin shu he's probably my favorite dj in the city cool. so talented and his song selection is on point and i don't think i've ever heard him mess up ever awesome do you have any um dj gigs booked yourself coming up i oh, know obviously because uh, of covid and stuff it's a I bit shitty right now i have a little so the last one i played was the leave us lost outdoor party at the waldorf parking lot there and then i got this little secret thing for uh dj named mazu steph okay. she's got like a little secret birthday party thing that's happening so i'm going to play that it's on the 17th of november cool not quite sure the location i can't remember secret it. Secret. It's secret. So, yeah. <laughs> On request. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just that. And uh, honestly, I'm kind of just focusing on production right now. So if a gig comes, I'll take it. But I'm not actively yeah. going out and searching for them just yet. Because it's like, we're not completely open Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. why not just enjoy myself? Come. Enjoy my, my two-year vacation. Use yeah, your yeah. time to do what you want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So it's awesome. Well, you're always welcome to come and jam in my studio. Yeah. Hey, yeah, and anytime, man. Hit, hit me up. I'll, I'll come yeah. hang out with come you guys. Come over and have a little jam on the turntables, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. See, I'm, so, like, when it comes to turntables, I'm not the best. But I, I can. It doesn't matter. I can play. Yeah, like, there I you can. go. Man. Yeah. There you go. So, it doesn't not matter. I'm actually thinking, I'll be honest with you, and, and this, like, Brad might even be shocked. I, and no, he's not, because he knows I have, because I've taught him. I've thought about buying. I've never really played on these. Yeah. Barely touched them. Touched them once. Not this model, but any of them. Yeah. Right? I had the controllers. Is You know, it's a similar thing. There is one Pioneer controller, not to cut you off. Yes. That the, is actually decent. That is like, DD, it, it feels yeah. like, yeah, it's the one that's got, like, the two... You can have the two channels. You can do USBs. But it, again, isn't it like three thousand bucks or something stupid? I think it's only it's closer to two. I think. Is it? But hmm. you no, know, check mark marketplace. Yeah, Facebook marketplace. I got. I, I had the Newmark one. Yeah. The, the Newmark bought out. So pioneers don't actually turn right. The platter. Yeah. yeah. You just got the light spinning. Rain. You know, rain mixes. Mm-hmm. So rain. I have love just, rain mixes. Rain have just bought out the rain one which yep. is the, supposedly the first controller that's got spinning platters. Oh, nice. But it's not. I've got the original, which is the Newmark, the NS7, and it's it's a big controller, and yep. it's, it's fucking heavy, man. It feels like almost the weight of t- two Technics. Okay. Close to, like it's a lump, and it's got the spinning platters. Well, I bought that. Fuck, man. I've got the Mark II. I bought that I don't know how many years ago. Great controller. Yeah. Loved it. Like I said, it and it does feel works. like it, right? Yeah. And it's got it. It looks like pioneers almost, right? It's got all your hot cue pads. It's got all the gadgets, Dope. all all the effects that you could think of. 
and I loved it for years. And but then, like I said, again, I was just like, oh, fuck, man, I want to do it on a turntable again. Yeah. And then I did the digital thing on the turntable, and then I did the vinyl. So you got you got to come over. Hey, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. If, if you, fun. yeah, if you ever want to learn, yeah, yeah. like I have, I would have no problem showing. I'm you thinking, how to use I'm, the I'm thinking, I'm thinking about buying a set. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a set of like I, I don't know if 900s or I'm not sure. Um, right. so when it comes to the CDJs, I think if you're gonna get actual CDJs, I would just go get the 2000s. 2000s, like, yeah. Like I'm one of those people that like. I would much rather just spend the money yeah, on the, I agree. the, the right thing the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it comes to the actual mixers, like I still think the old 900s are yeah. one of the yeah. better ones. They got the better like freaking sound card in them. Uh, so yeah. I was, we talked about this uh, on our last interview with Sibs actually. Mm. I've got an old Pioneer mixer. Nice. Don't like it. I've got the DJM 600. Yeah. Hate the sound card. Yeah. I hate the sound out of it. I bought it for cheap. Like, I got it for 200 bucks or something. Yeah, so. I don't know what it is, man. It's one of the shittiest sounding mixes I've ever had in my life. Right? Yeah. And I've had a few. <laughs> well, Rain's got a nice little um, a, a two-channel mixer. Yeah. It, it sounds great. And it sounds great for... Because um, you can actually put two CDJs and two turntables on it. And mm -hmm. you can just switch. And it. just switch, yeah. yeah. I've actually got... Uh, a mixers so mixers uh did it first it's called the um mm, now i've stumped myself the duo duo mark ii and it's again two channel mixer serato ready yeah. it's serato ready yeah. you don't need to like have any software it's nice. straight in just do whatever or an external sound card sorry so it's serato ready uh newmark bought out a copy of it called the newmark scratch and the newmark scratch was about a hundred bucks left less hmm. sound card in that thing mate unbelievable nice just so yeah, have, deep you'll have so to send deep. me send me a link for that one later yeah, yeah. i want to look it up so. yeah we'll do it's yeah. a pretty cool little mixer so i've got the 750 because i play live so i play yep. with my synths and i've got the 750 which is okay it's not great i'd love a six channel so i can have some more synths to myself but yeah 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 i like the effects on the pioneers you know, you I, like I delay, do. I, the echoes. Yeah. They 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 work yeah. and they're they're nice. Like the the reverb's nice, the delay, the echoes, the nice, mm -hmm. the color effects are nice on the pioneers. Everything other than that is kind of just. I haven't. Better. I'll be honest with you. Me personally, I haven't really played. I don't think. Did I ever play on your one? I don't. Or did I don't you? Know. I would like I don't the model so. one, which is Richie Horton's one uh, mixer. Yeah, that's apparently like the best we could sit here now for another couple of hours yeah. just talking about equipment hey Part you ready, two. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no thanks for coming on yeah man. I really hey, appreciate not, you not, thank on. you for having me totally okay. appreciate it, mate it's yeah. been a great having you on absolutely a great little chat i can't wait to actually maybe coming out and seeing you at a show or listening to some of your new you can always come to the studio yeah yeah set up a day come out yeah. to the studio and like you're saying you wanted to do like a, a live stream. We could even set up a live stream there. That would be super cool. There's yeah. tons of room. That yeah, it's actually could, way bigger. Than we, we could bring all this gear and do a little podcast from there. Yeah, How's that you know, because yeah, we got some couches, so we could maybe like I'll see if Adam and John want to come in. We'll do like yeah, a, we got some all, mics. all five of us. We've got some cool. mics there as well. Yeah, so yeah. we can awesome. all have a chinwag. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, just Perfect. a little like. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, a uh, chat. Yeah, a little chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. perfect. So, right on. Well, thank you so much, Jared. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, Thanks for making the journey out to come and see us. Hey, not a problem at all. It's my old hood, so I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy.